0: At Atlas Copco, we strive to be the most attractive industrial company in our segments and target markets. Our strong culture of innovation is a result of having great people on board, committed and encouraged to grow and reach their full potential. With the belief that passionate people makes the difference, the People Podcast is one channel where we get to explore and deep dive into topics within people and culture. For those of you who listened to our previous episodes, welcome back. We release new episodes on a quarterly basis, and the program today is our thirteenth release. I'm Cecilia Sandberg, head of HR for the Atlas Copper Group, and with me I have Dorna Eriksson-Shafi, VP Talent and Learning for the Group. Our topic today will be Enabling a skills-first organization. What is it? Why should we care? And how do we get there? Please join us. Dorna, most welcome. Thank you, Cecilia. So today we're going to deep dive into a transformative concept that is actually reshaping the way organizations operate, the skills-first approach. Mm -hmm. With the global economy experiencing massive change, upskilling and reskilling has taken on a renewed sense of urgency. So success through these transitions requires shifts in thinking about how to recruit and develop people uh, in the future.
1: It does indeed, and recent studies indicate that the most fundamental building block of work, the job, could actually be holding many organizations back. That's why we see more organizations starting to experiment with and also apply skills-based models to meet the demand for agility and equity.
0: Very true. A skills-first approach is a paradigm shift that holds great potential. Having said that, it is also far from a quick fix and requires mindset shift and careful consideration for implementation. I mean, where do you actually
1: start, right? I agree. And as with anything that holds great potential, it also requires hard work. Mm -hmm.
0: So let's start by defining what is actually a skills-first organization.
1: Sure. Uh, I mean, a skills-first organization is one that places skill development and proficiency at the heart of its operations. So rather than focusing slowly on job titles and traditional roles, the focus is on prioritizing the growth of skills across the entire workforce. This approach encourages a dynamic and adaptable workforce capable of addressing new challenges.
0: Hmm, I think that's interesting. I guess employees today don't always realize that the skills they have for one job can easily be transferred to another, and nor do, do we as employers, right? Mm. Evaluating current employees and new hires based on their skill sets instead of their work history can help level the playing field and help companies realize
1: the talent they already have. Exactly. And taking a skills-first approach helps expand the talent pool, democratize access to jobs, and also makes the workforce more resilient. Mm,
0: now you got my attention for sure. So let's elaborate on that. How does a skills-first approach benefit organizations and the individuals within the organization? What does actually research tell us?
1: Well, research indicates that skills-first organizations tend to be more agile and responsive to change. This is mainly due to their ability to create an environment of continuous learning and growth, leading to increased employee engagement and retention. So this approach also improves collaboration and promotes innovation as employees are empowered to contribute their diverse skill sets to problem solving. Hmm.
0: What I'm learning is that when we structure work around skills, it opens up many more possibilities for internal mobility and growth. Mm. Individuals are no longer slotted into positions according to their title, as so many skills are actually transferable.
1: Indeed, and having our internal job market being skills-based instead of job-based, for example, would allow us to deploy projects with more diverse candidates from across the business and also encourage career moves that our employees may not have thought about. Well, let's for
0: sure explore that idea further. I believe the technology sector is a good example here, right? Tech giants like Google and Microsoft have started to adopt skills first strategies, allowing employees to pivot between projects based on their evolving skill sets. This has not only led to innovation, but has also attracted top talent seeking
1: an environment that prioritizes their growth. Yeah, that's inspiring for sure. And mm-hmm. uh, a recent study by Deloitte that I looked at also indicates that skills-based organizations promote equity. So 80% of business executives in that study said that making decisions about hiring, pay, and promotions based on people's skills rather than their job history, tenure in the job, or the network would reduce bias and improve fairness. And 75% said that hiring and promoting people based on skills can help democratize opportunity and improve access to it. I think that's
0: insightful for sure. So traditionally, we have added senior in front of a title to represent the depth of expertise. But this is sort of subjective, right? Likewise, years of experience isn't the best qualifier to assess talent. An individual can be 10 years in a position, but if they haven't been exposed to industry advances or haven't been open to learn, they may actually be lacking critical skills.
1: Mm, very true. And when we talk about work in terms of skills, we have a more granular picture of what's needed for tasks to be accomplished. We can build a picture in a common language beyond broad job titles to better understand what skills a workforce has and needs to stay ahead. Hmm.
0: While the benefits are clear, as we briefly touched upon earlier. There are challenges in transitioning to a skills-first model. Um, What are your thoughts here, Donna?
1: Yeah, you, you're absolutely right. Transitioning to a skills-first approach does require a cultural shift and also a robust infrastructure. Resistance from employees accustomed to traditional hierarchies is is one. Uh, moreover, tracking and evaluating skill development can be quite complex. Specifically, the so-called power skills, so not the functional or technical skills, but the more human-centric skills such as critical thinking, emotional intelligence, or creativity. Mm. Mm -hmm. However, successful case studies also suggest that clear communication, supportive leadership and an investment in learning can mitigate these challenges.
0: Well, that's comforting to hear, right? Mm -hmm. So having covered some grounds now when it comes to the why and the what, should we discuss the how and some actionable steps to becoming skills first?
1: Sure, sounds good. I guess the question we all ask ourselves is, where do we start this journey? What are your reflections here, Cecilia?
0: Yeah, I think it starts with ensuring we have a common language for skills across the organization, an AI-powered skills taxonomy covering both technical as well as human-centric skills. This will allow us to conduct a comprehensive assessment of the organization's current skills and help us identify gaps.
1: Yes. And identifying areas where employees may lack the skills needed to meet evolving business needs will be key for workforce planning. So answering strategic questions like where do we invest in upskilling and for which skills do we actually recruit?
0: Mm, Indeed. Next steps will include creating a skills inventory for each employee through self-evaluation and validation of skills by their manager, again driven by AI technology to help ensure speed and scalability. Understanding current skill levels and interests will help in designing personalized learning and growth paths for employees to drive skill development further.
1: Very true. And, and also strengthening that culture of continuous learning through recognition and rewards will help sustain that momentum. Mm,
0: I agree. Modifying our hiring and promotion processes to prioritize skills over traditional qualifications like degrees or years of experience is then another important piece of the puzzle, right? Mm. Here, we also need to put emphasis on looking for candidates who demonstrate a willingness and capacity to learn and apply new skills. Do we have a concrete example to share, perhaps, Dorna, of how one could actually approach recruitment with a skills-first approach?
1: Sure. We do indeed have powerful examples of where recruiters challenged with a hard-to-fill role in a difficult market environment have opened up the talent pool by searching for skills, again, rather than degree, years of experience, or previous employers, leveraging sourcing solutions, for example, like the LinkedIn recruiter one. This has not only led to more applicants and improved time to hire, but also to more diverse applicants. Mm.
0: I think that's a great and simple example of how we can enable speed and equity by adopting a skills-first approach. Reminding ourselves that this is a journey is, however, important. Mm. So starting small, exploring and learning both from successes and setbacks will lead to refinements as
1: we go along. Indeed. And as we also progress, continuously reassessing our approach to ensure that it aligns with the organization's evolving goals and priorities will, of course, be key to success. Mm,
0: very true. I think by now we can all agree that the skills-first approach is a transformative journey that requires dedication and strategic planning. It's not just a trend. We think it's a fundamental shift towards a more resilient and adaptable future. Mm. Well, Dorna, believe it or not, we are approaching the end again. So should we then <laughs> summarize and leave our listeners with some key takeaways?
1: Oh, I was just getting warmed up. No, <laughs> jokes aside, happy to summarize. Uh, so in an area of uh, accelerating and unpredictable change, we need to create more agile ways of organizing work to swiftly adapt to market changes. Mm-hmm. By decoupling some work from the job, either by breaking it down into projects or tasks or broadening it so it's focused on problems to be solved or value to be created, people can actually be freed from being defined by their jobs. Instead, they will be seen as whole individuals with skills and capabilities that can be fluidly deployed to work matching their interests, as well as to evolving business priorities.
0: Mm, Sounds like a win-win for both employee and organization, right? By basing people's decisions on skills more than jobs, we enable a scalable, manageable, and more equitable way of operating. Mm. I truly believe that we can expand and diversify our talent pools with the skills-first strategy. Well, as always, Dorna, I have truly enjoyed our conversation today. So thank you so much for joining me.
1: Thank you so much for having me.
0: And to our listeners out there, thanks for tuning in again to another episode of our People podcast. Stay curious and remember, the skills you cultivate today shapes your opportunities for the future.